I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. Today we're going to be talking about defunding the police. What does that even mean? Does that mean we're not going to have any police? Or does it just mean we're going to have fewer police? Well, today we're going to answer these questions, and in doing so, we're going to look at some of the problems with the current law enforcement model we have in the United States, and we're going to look at some potential solutions. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And remember that I am a lawyer, but I am not your lawyer. So if you need legal advice specific to your legal situation, you need to lawyer up with an attorney in your area. So today we're talking about defunding the police. That's the new buzzword that's out there. We see it on social media. You see it painted in giant letters on the streets. But what does it really mean? Does it mean we're going to completely eliminate Police officers? Of course not. That would be crazy and that would be chaos. But what it does mean is that cities are taking a hard look at reorganizing uh, law enforcement and police departments throughout the United States. We've already seen cities like Minneapolis, New York City, Los Angeles. We've seen their mayors and their city councils saying they are going to defund the police, meaning they're going to take a hard look at reorganizing uh, how the police and law enforcement and other entities serve their communities. And the idea is these cities are going to be looking at diverting funds from law enforcement or traditional police officers uh, over into other agencies or other entities that might be better equipped to meet some of the needs uh, that exist in society. So where a city may have a hundred police officers now, they may decide to reduce that number to say 80 police officers and maybe have 15 social workers and maybe five juvenile officers. Many believe that having a better balance uh, will actually support the community better than upping or increasing funding or just adding more police officers. But of course, therein lies the discussion, right? And first of all, we need to look at the problem. And really the problem is that over the last 40 years, we have been expanding the expectations and the responsibilities of police officers uh, to a level where they really can't meet those expectations. Or in other words, we've been asking too much of police officers. Now, before you freak out, let me explain. Back in the 1970s, society basically asked police officers to serve and protect and catch the local bad guy. Then in the 1980s, we started putting uh, police officers in our schools and we told them, hey, uh, develop some curriculum so you can interact with the students, uh, develop a program to keep them off drugs, maybe dare to keep them off drugs. Uh, do something to become involved. Uh, you can't just stand there and show them your gun, right? You need to do something to basically immerse yourself into the school population. Uh, so in that essence, you're kind of being teachers. Uh, something bad happens and then, you know, there's some, some students that are grieving over something. Uh, then maybe you can counsel them. So in the 80s, we asked our uh, police officers to kind of become teachers, quasi-teachers and or counselors as they were integrated into our school systems. In the 1990s, society said, oh, hey, police officers, uh, there's this new thing out there called the internet, and it's a whole new arena for crime. 
We now have cybercrime. We have fraud, identity theft, pornography, all these things that can happen online where they had to happen in person before. Oh, and another thing, police officers, in the very near future, almost everybody's gonna have a cell phone. It's like a little supercomputer uh, that they can use uh, 24 seven, 365 days a year, almost anywhere on planet Earth to commit these cyber crimes. So society asks police officers to basically get into the world of cyber crime, which is black market sales of almost anything, pornography, drugs, guns, and basically they're sold all over the world. So this was the second area of large expansion of society's requests of police officers during the 90s. Then in the 2000s, we had 9-11 and we said, hey, police officers, we don't want to have happen in our town uh, what happened up in New York City. So if you guys could do whatever you can to prevent terrorism, whether it be domestic or international, uh, do something to make sure that doesn't happen to our town. So then it's a third area cops were asked to move into, and that was this anti-terrorism at the city, county, and state level. Jump ahead to 2010 and we have an exploding mental health crisis. So again, society says, hey, uh, police officers, uh, we need you to respond to uh, situations like you always have, but we need you to be able to determine uh, if the bad guy is really a bad guy or if it's just somebody having a mental health issue uh, and we need you to treat them appropriately. And although that uh, seems simple, it is a big ask. So let me give you an example of a difficult situation that we put police officers in. So somebody calls 911 and they say, hey, there's a guy out in the street. It's 2 a.m., he's raising cane, he's yelling and screaming, he's not wearing a shirt and he's waving around something, I think he has a gun. So 911, they relay that to dispatch and dispatch uh, calls the nearest police officer over and he shows up, it's 2 a.m., it's dark, there's a guy, he's standing out in the street, he's got no shirt on, and he's waving something around. Now the officer has been told it may be a gun, so he's already on edge, uh, but when he gets there, he can't really see what's in the guy's hand. So the officer, you know, he basically will identify himself, tell him he's a police officer, and say, hey, put your hands up, drop what's in your hands, raise your hands up. Well, the guy doesn't respond. So he raises his voice a little louder, says, get on the ground. The guy still doesn't respond. So what's an officer to do? Well, we ask, society asks our officers to figure out what the issue is. Why isn't he responding? Is he not responding because he's drunk or maybe he's high? Is he not responding because maybe he had a mild stroke or he's experiencing a medical event? Maybe he's not responding because he's deaf. Uh, maybe he isn't responding because he doesn't speak the English language and he doesn't understand what's being said to him. Maybe he's not responding because he's autistic, or maybe he's schizophrenic and he's hearing other voices in his head. Or maybe, maybe he's a bad guy and he's out to do bad things. There's just no real way for a police officer to know. And maybe that thing in his hand is a gun. Maybe it's just a cell phone. But even if it is a cell phone, maybe there's a gun in his waistband. These are all things that police officers can't know but society asks them to figure out when they're thrust into these situations. So after we've added schools to what police officers deal with, cybercrime, terrorism prevention, and mental health issues, 
We've piled that all on these police officers. We get to 2020 and we see what's going on and society says, well, WTF, what are you doing, police officers? And their response is, we're trying to do what you've been asking us to do. It's just an impossible task to all be completed by one department. So while lots of people will disagree on whether the current model of law enforcement is doing a good job, uh, some will say it is, some will say it isn't. Regardless, I think most people will agree that we can do better. We can serve our communities better. So what is the solution? Well, that of course is the million dollar question, but before we get into the potential solution, there's a couple of things uh, everybody kind of needs to understand. And the first thing is that not every country, not every city, not everybody does cop the same way. There are different law enforcement models all over the world. People do things drastically different. There are a lot of different countries out there that beat cops, they don't carry a weapon at all. That would be unheard of in the United States where all the police officers carry weapons. In uh, several countries, including England, uh, those guys that are out on the streets don't have a weapon. Now they have access to weaponry and if they're responding to a, an event where they need to have a weapon, they can certainly armor up and they are trained. Uh, but just on an everyday guy on the street, the police officers in a lot of places are not weaponized. And I'm not suggesting that the officers in the United States shouldn't carry weapons because in this country, they definitely need them. The point of the statement was that people do law enforcement differently around the globe. And there's not just one way to do it. In fact, there was a law enforcement study that was done in 2014 uh, out of Britain. And they studied several different countries that had different models of uh, basically law enforcement. Some of them were very, very strict and some of them were very, very loose. Uh, and what worked in one place sometimes didn't work someplace else. Uh, in fact, at the end of the study, they said the data was all over the place. But the one conclusion they did draw was that there isn't just one formula that works everywhere when it comes to combining law enforcement and say social workers in meeting the needs of the community. And the point being what works best in say one area may not work somewhere else. Uh, and that will be from state to state, from county to county, even city to city, or within a city. Maybe something that works on the north side doesn't work on the south side. So law enforcement bodies need to be flexible and able to meet the needs of the areas that they serve. The second step is that we need to look at what is the root cause of the problem, and we need to match that up with the government representative that best serves uh, to solve that problem. Uh, and if we're dealing with serious crimes, serious injuries, those types of things, of course it's going to be the police department. But I'm talking about the more minor stuff. I'm talking about stuff that uh, deals with poverty or mental health needs, issues of physical disability or just ignorance, people that don't know what types of help is available. And of course, addiction issues. And I know that addiction issues can be a hybrid between uh, being kind of a medical issue and then being a legal issue. So the police are always gonna be involved when there's addiction and or drug issues, but there may be other people we could get involved to solve those types of addiction issues that are underlying that particular individual. And I'll give you an example. We have cops that will go in and clear out uh, homeless encampments. Uh, and really all they can do as police officers is give those people tickets, they can haul them into jail, they can throw their tents away, but they really can't solve the underlying problem. 
What we need is social workers to get in there and provide them with assistance. They need assistance with housing, financial assistance, uh, job skills. A lot of them have uh, addiction issues that they could use some addiction treatment or mental health issues to get these people to some mental health experts that can potentially help them. That's just one example of a situation where a social worker solves the problem a lot better than sending in a police officer. So is that the solution? We just defund the uh, police department and we add social workers? Well, some people say yes. Other people are like, well, what can a social worker do? Well, let me answer that question right now because social workers are the gateway to all kinds of assistance for people who need it. There is financial assistance, including child support enforcement, food stamps, utility assistance, assistance with unemployment, benefits for those who are disabled and or veterans if that's applicable. Social workers can provide health assistance, including getting people signed up for Medicare or Medicaid, referring for mental health services, providing family planning assistance or assistance for individual group therapy related to uh, whatever issues, including addiction issues. Social workers can provide education resources. These can include parenting classes, household management classes, consumer finance classes, and even nutrition classes are available. Social workers can also provide employment assistance, job training, notifications of job vacancies. Uh, they can assist people in learning how to fill out a resume or a job application. And last but not least, social workers can provide uh, family services or in-home services. This again can involve family counseling if needed, child care services, and also rehabilitation services in connection with abuse and neglect cases in the community. So when you ask what can a social worker do, a lot. So there is a legitimate argument when they talk about defunding the police and moving some of that money from the police officers over to social workers or other government representatives that can actually help get at the root cause of the problem uh, that really the police officers are ill-equipped to handle. Now that is not to say there are not criticisms, legitimate criticisms of defunding the police. Several police chiefs have stepped out to say if you decrease our funding, we're obviously going to have fewer officers, which means fewer backup officers. There's going to be longer wait times in responding to 911 and emergency calls. There's going to be longer wait times and having cases investigated and serious cases need to be investigated within 48 hours. Uh, the statistics show that uh, cases that are not investigated within 48 hours are often the ones that go unsolved. There will be even longer wait times on processing rape kits and things in crime labs if you reduce funding. Law enforcement representatives say that if the issue is excessive force in the police department, the last thing you want to do is reduce funding because that's going to reduce the number of officers. It's going to reduce the backup for those officers. It's going to reduce their training and you're going to have a lower quality of police officer. They argue that reducing funding, defunding the police will actually increase the instances of excessive force being used out in the community. And these are certainly legitimate arguments, but what we need to do as a community is kind of find that sweet spot. Do we need a hundred police officers or could we get by with 90 and maybe 10 social workers? 
every community is going to be a little bit different. And an expanded area of inquiry has been how we dispatch police officers. Now, usually under most models, we have our police officers here. We have our city over here and we take our police officers and we sprinkle them about the city uh, and they all move around the city. Uh, and whenever something happens and there's a call, the closest officers will respond. But what if we put the officers in the same general areas? An officer was assigned to a neighborhood uh, where they could get to know the community, get to know the people that lived in that neighborhood. Maybe it makes more sense to put officers in more stagnant locations so they can become ingrained in that community. And some departments are starting to do that. And the benefit of that is that when you have a guy out in the street uh, and he's raising cane at two o'clock in the morning and he's waving something around that may or may not be a cell phone or a gun, uh, instead of having a stranger show up with a gun, uh, maybe you have a cop that is familiar with that. And he says, oh yeah, that's Wilbur. He has dementia. I know where he lives. I can take him home. That's the benefit of having a cop that knows the community that they are serving. And that's just one of many of the examples that communities are looking at as we talk about this issue of defunding the police, or it's probably better characterized as basically reformatting the way we fund uh, not only the police, but also other community service entities. So at the end of the day, when we talk about uh, defunding the police, yes, it probably needs to happen, but it's not the best way to think about it. Instead of thinking about punishing the police, we should ask this question. Uh, is there a model by which we as a society can do better? And I think we could all agree, yes, we can do better. And so instead of phrasing it as defunding, I think we should simply say, what is a better way to serve our community? And then move in those areas. Well, that's the summary of the discussion on defunding. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, comment if you have something to say. Hit that like button if you learned something today. Subscribe to the channel if you'd like to know more information. And as always, share me on social media. Thank you for watching. You've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Dad, get me out of this.